Thank you for tuning in to our Bold as a Lion Ministries podcast. Uh, for more teachings, uh, go to boldasalionministries.com. Uh, we have all of them posted weekly. If you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe to our iTunes, Google Play. Uh, use all those resources, play and download as much as you possibly want. Also, we're running a Project 500 campaign where we're trying to get 500 sponsors at $20 a month uh, to go towards our media ministry so that we can make it bigger and better for you every single week. We hope you enjoy our teaching. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. I'm very predictable. My children can predict me. You know how I know they can predict me? You know how, they, you know how they, I know they can predict me? Because I don't lose my temper. When I, listen, I don't lose my temper. I'm slow to anger. I'm abounding in steadfast love. I want to be like my father, the Heavenly Father, who's patient. That doesn't mean they never get a spanking, but they're a child. So I have to spank them as they grow so they can learn. Why? So when they become adults, they don't have worse consequences. Mm, amen. Yeah. Yeah. You see? They can go down to the next generation. All right, so I keep teaching my children. So and I would have these moments where I would literally take her to the curb and roll that ball out and make sure she didn't go out in the street. You know what I'm saying? Sure That's not bad. That's good parenting. It is. Yeah, it is good parenting. Yeah, but CPS will take your kids. <laughs> now, if she ran on the street right then, people might think, well, you're a da- bad dad. You, you tempted her. I didn't tempt her. I was trying to teach her the right way. See what I'm saying? I'm not tempting her. Threw the thing out. Now, I didn't just like, I didn't take her out in the street and spank her while she was in the street. No. I'm saying if she learned the lesson. I, you see what I'm saying? I, I rolled the ball out to see if she was going to go after it. But she cried about it. I said, no, who's going to go get that ball? Daddy's going to go get that ball. Mm. Why? I'll put myself on the line. I'm not gonna put my daughter on the line. Yeah, come on. Exactly. <laughs> Daddy will protect your daughter. So there's a lot of beauty here. Listen, you know what fear? A proper reverential fear does. It creates trust. Amen. What is that word? Reverential. Reverential. Respectful fear. It creates trust. If you implement fear in a godly way, it creates trust. Why? Because fear is faith. You know what my you know what it is? My daughter believes me. You know what that that's what fear is. When my daughter fears dad and fears um, uh, crossing the line, it's actually if you do it godly and you don't do it abusively, then it creates a faith in Dad, it creates a faith. When Dad says he's going to spank me, he is going to spank me. You can check this out. When I tell my two-year-old, my three-year-old, do you want to get a spanking? (laughs) Immediately. Why? Because he knows I'm going to follow through. Why? Because I don't ever lie to him. Listen, do you understand the beauty of this? Can you all see the beauty of this? Can you understand how uh, fathers, if um, if they get emotional... In their parenting, how they can literally destroy their children. Yep. David. You can destroy your children if you're emotional and you spank. Why? Because you're unpredictable then. Yeah. It's yeah. not a matter of whether or not my dad will spank me. It's a matter of whether or not my dad is predictable. Is my dad trustworthy? <coughs> you see? God bless you. But I, I believed my dad when he told me, dad, Zach, today you're going to get two spankings. Now, did I think my dad was going to destroy me? No, I thought he was going to give me two spankings. And it was going to be over. You know? And, you know, uh, but, you know, I know that there's been people I've talked to that have said, man, my, 
my, my dad would just put us in a merry-go-round and he would go until he got tired, you know? Mm. And that's an abuse of fatherhood. That's not a proper fear. That Listen, if you spank him hard enough the first time, it'll count. I don't got to spank my children more than once. Very rarely. I spanked my kid one kid one time. Boom. The max, I actually have a, a limit for myself. See, this is stuff that I do with my, my wife. I said, listen, we're going to create a rule. Why? Because what if I am angry one day? What if I lose my anger? I, I need a rule that will govern me. I need a, a law that will protect me from my own anger. You see? So I, me and my wife... Me and my wife made up a rule saying the max amount of spankings is going to be three. I've never had to spank my... Well, okay, that's not true. Only for rebellion. I've had to do that once for my kids because they wouldn't um, submit and, and, and bend over. But that was one time or, or, or twice with one of the kids. But, but after that, that was it. And I wasn't even spanking those times when it was beyond the three mark that it was actually anger. It was for one purpose. In fact, my heart broke after five. I couldn't... Do, I didn't want to do it no more. Why? Because I love my child. I don't want to hurt him. But I know this, that if he doesn't learn how to submit to his authority, it will destroy his life. You see? Yeah. So it will literally destroy him in his whole life if I don't do this one moment right here. You see what I'm saying? My, my point is that if we create a proper, proper reverential fear, it actually creates trust. I remember this. When I went to high school, I moved back to Texas. My dad was in the Navy. I moved back to Texas, and they, I found out they could spank you in the school. And I did not mess up one time in school. <laughs> and the reason why was, first of all, I knew that my dad spanked hard. And I knew, and I, but I trusted my dad. Here's the only reason why I didn't act up in school. I did not trust that teacher to spank me. Why? Because I don't know him. Yeah. I know my dad. I know my dad's not going to kill me. I know it's going to hurt a lot. But I know my dad loves me. See? So I wouldn't, dude, I didn't act up in school. You know, but the reason why was because I was, it was on, I didn't know what to expect from the school. I knew what to expect from my dad. You see what I'm saying? Fear of the unknown. And so, uh, my point is this. Um, it was in high school that I discovered how much I trusted my dad. Because of spanking. When we look at the spankings as an evil, we look at God judging as an evil thing. Look, listen. God, it, yes, God loves us. Uh, and he wants us to be saved, you know. So, in Galatians, it talks about not, you don't. Oh, you don't have to follow the law. But at the very end, it says, "Oh, but don't be, don't, don't, don't be fooled. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow." Galatians talks about reaping what you sow. If you reap to the flesh, you will reap corruption. If you reap to the spirit, you will reap life. Amen. Okay. So there is a law. Let me show you this. Okay. It's it's a lot like the law of gravity and the law of lift. Okay. There are certain principles. Listen, before they discovered this, before the Wright brothers started learning about flight. Oh, you're an airman. He's going to know all the rules here. I don't know you even know the law of lift. You might be able to teach us something. <laughs> In the law of gravity, okay, the law of gravity is always here. It never stops. It never quits. Now, when, when were the Wright brothers? you know what year it was? Okay, it's right. When they came in, whenever they came in and started doing the airplane and whatnot, whatnot right? They discovered a new law. They discovered that if they applied certain principles, hear me out, Steve. 
if they applied certain principles, that they would seemingly defy the law of gravity. Did gravity ever quit, though? No. No. The law of God is always there. Then, 2,000 years ago, a law of lift came. Jesus. And if we come and apply the law of lift of Jesus in our life, we will defy the law of gravity. But guess what? If you stop applying the law of lift at any moment, gravity takes place. You hear what I'm saying? What we have to understand is in Christ, we have opportunity to take advantage of the law of lift. But when we stop operating, how does the law of lift, though, work? When you're talking about the kingdom, Jesus, the law of Jesus, the new order, only is applied in faith. Okay, so what if your faith is faulty? What if your faith is only for a crop duster and not for, uh, you know, a... The black, the black bird, you know? What's that one, right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? What is that? They grow 1,800 knots or whatever, or miles an hour? Crazy stuff, right? So, you have a little um, farm plane, Faith, versus the black... What's the black? Which one are you talking about? Yeah, the black hawk. You have the yeah, black hawk. Cool, the, the fast one back in World War II that took the, the shots over uh, Cold yeah, War and whatnot. That is well, that's a big one. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the black bird. Black the black bird. Oh, the, uh, anyway, that's my point is, listen, this, this plane... Can't be detected. Yes, that one. That's yeah, one. that one. Man. Dude, this sucker would go... Listen, that one, uh, they had to wear space helmets up in there because of... Yeah, they go so high, man, with oxygen. But I'm not sure. Anyway, my point is... It, listen, listen, listen. You're right. You're right. Listen, this plane was the fastest airplane out there. And the reason why was because it could fly so high. Listen, this sucker could go so fast because it flew so high that the atmosphere was so thin it could cut through the atmosphere with no, with no, with less wind resistance. Sound barrier. That's right. Okay, Steve. All right, listen. All right, you hear me? All right, listen, listen, listen. So, same thing. My point is, listen, I talk about, I talk about what's called the table of grace. Hey, Steve, you ready? I'm working. Yeah, I'm ready. I talked about the table of grace, okay? There's stuff that's been bought for us, okay? Um, it's been bought for us that we have opportunity for. All right, so we can see that there's different faith levels. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you gear yourself up and prepare yourself, you'll be able to start, fly at different altitudes. That's true. You see what I'm saying? It depends on your equipment. It depends on what you've prepared for, right? All right? But it's all the same principles, you see? It's what you prepared for, though. All right, so faith, you can increase in faith, okay? You can increase in grace. The scripture says that very much. It says uh, be, grace be multiplied to you. Oh, but we can grow in grace. Or the more grace, it says in James, right? So we can grow in grace. If I come to the, the banqueting table and I go down this buffet and I grab my, myself a couple plates full of, of stuff, right? And I get to the very end, I'm like, oh, man, I ran out of room. It's just because you didn't bring enough plates because it's a buffet, you can eat as much as you want to eat, but if you don't have the stomach for it, same thing with faith. There's a lot of things that Jesus has paid for in this law of lift that defies all, a lot of principles in the law of gravity, okay, as far as the spiritual, spiritual kingdom is, 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 is pertaining to. So, like, salvation. Everybody believes Jesus came to save us from our sins, but then some people don't believe that you can be healed from your sicknesses. See what I'm saying? 
So if you have faith only for salvation, that's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You're only going to go as about as high as the... Now, I don't want to downplay salvation like it's, you know, nothing. It is it is, it is the crux of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Just like the first flight was the crux of all things. But there's other things we can do now. We don't have to wait till sweet and by and by to be saved. We can save things now. We can raise the dead. You know what I'm saying? We have to understand what we have access to in faith. But the moment we stop applying these principles, because faith is how you do it, it's just like taking off your parachute in the middle of a drop. I'm going to start unbuckling. I'm only still 100 feet off the ground. You know? <laughs> you're going to drop. Because you're, you're breaking some laws of lift. You see what I'm saying? So... What I'm trying to say is, over here, let's go over here. What is, what is gravity, though? Is that the law of Moses? Yeah. Well, the law of Moses is the law of sin and death. Just, it just showed you your sin. It showed you your condemnation. It yeah. showed you that you couldn't, you couldn't be saved. <clears throat> yeah. Would you say that, like, you know the airplane near storms, but the storm, airplanes go above the storm? You can see a storm below you. Mm. You can see the sun. No, but That's you can't awesome. see the sun unless you go on top of the storm. <clears throat> it's always there. You just can't see it if you're staying underneath mm. a storm. That's good. That's good, Chris. That's a good word. Over here in Isaiah 54. It says right here. <clears throat> Fear not, for you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth, verse 4, and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. For your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, the God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of you, but she's cast off, says God. Watch this, verse 7. For a brief moment, I deserted you, but with great compassion, I will gather you. So we're talking about how God has done judgment, but then how God wants to restore. Okay? In overflowing anger, not just anger, overflowing anger for a moment. Right? That's what it says. I don't understand that. Overflowing anger for a moment. I hid my my face from you. Watch this. In overflowing anger. For a moment, I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you. Listen, it is not evil for God to have overflowing anger for a moment. It's just justice. But what's even better is his mercy and his compassion that follows. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you. I'm going to, I had this anger for justice. I was zealous and I was jealous for my bride because she was an adulteress. When you be mad if your wife started cheating? Right. Justified. It's justified. But with compassion, I will pursue you. It's good. We deserve to be deserted. But he chose not to do that. His compassion overrode his anger. Listen, God was angry. But God has everlasting love. What I'm trying to say is that we can't overlook some of these scriptures just because we want to only say God is good and God can't ever be angry. God's anger is good. It's just. It's just. It's like when your mom gets angry. You know, she's angry, but she's still That's right. But, and that's true, as long as she's not angry angry out of irritation and annoyance. See, if I go spank my kid because they annoyed me and spilled my cup over and I just got annoyed, well, then I crossed the line in justice. I was, 
I had back we go back to the tree of knowledge and good and evil, where I've made a law unto myself and I'm not really seeking the higher law of God. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It oh you offended me, so now I'm gonna pass judgment on you. This is why violence and anger gets out of hand because people made their own law instead of seeking God for what's right. Everyone's getting offended too nowadays of everything. This is why your wars over in the Middle East are nonstop. Because, well, you did this to me. 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 Okay, well, why don't we just come back to the cross and realize the compassion of Jesus overrode his anger. See, y'all see that? If we could get it, we our compassion would override our anger, and we stop having a record of wrongs. Amen. Why? Because God already removed his record of wrongs from us. All right, it's good stuff. So that's where, watch this. This is so cool. They ate from the, oh, wow. They were the tree of knowledge and good and evil. We think, oh, that's going to save us. That's what they thought. Oh, you'll be like God. Knowing good and evil. But the thing about it, all the truths that are lies, they all did happen. The eyes did open. They did become like God. Yeah. But, like I read some of the teachings. Right? Yeah. He didn't, he, his lies were half-truths. Oh, you won't die? <clears throat> they didn't die right away. Eventually. We are they dying. Did. They are dying. Why? That's oh, so good. Mm. I want to know something really cool. Check this out. So the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's just like when when when, mm -hmm. when I was in my addiction, it wasn't immediate. This tree is a knowledge of good and evil. It has to do with judgment, guys. Look at this. This is so powerful. Y'all see this? The tree of knowledge of good and evil has to do with judgment. Judging right and wrong. Mm -hmm. mm, come on. Ha! Look at this, guys. <laughs> the judgment of right and wrong. As soon as they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they began judging. Mm. Hey, where are you at? Where are you at? Well, uh, I ran and hid because I was afraid. Because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? You eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? That woman, boom, immediately starts judging. <laughs> right? That woman. Why? He's judging. It's He's judging because of his understanding of right and wrong. This is so good. Keep recording. You recording? You keep on recording. It's posted on Facebook because I'm about to share something blowing your mind. The tree of knowledge and good and evil was a tree of judgment. They learned to judge, but they judged wrongly. The scripture says... That they lived and that they did what was right in their own eyes. But there is a right a way that seems right to a man, but it leads to destruction. All right, check this out, guys. So this tree of knowledge was the judgment tree. You want to see something really cool? Yeah, break it out. Jesus died on a tree, and it was also a judgment tree. Oh, my goodness, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Jesus died on a tree of judgment. He killed that tree right there in your life. Oh, man. He, that tree didn't have no fruit on it no more. It was stripped down. Everything was taken off of it. It was stuck in the ground. And man was hung on it. Man, look at this man. Not just the man. He was, he was the new creation. Why? Because the first creation failed. So he took a second creation. Oh, my gosh. He took a second creation and he put it on that tree and sacrificed for the first creation so that he could redeem the first creation and the resurrection of the second creation. You know that Jesus died on the Friday, right? Oh, man. This was the fifth. Mm, this is the sixth, sixth day. He died on the sixth day, the same day that man was created. Mm. On the seventh day, he rested in the grave, the same day that God rested from creation and on the first day he rose again which is the beginning of the new creation the first day let there be light the light of man the light of god oh jesus is the light of god Woo. resurrected from the darkness back into light mm. it's good let the light shine Woo. tree of judgment ah 
Jesus is awesome. Rule and reign. Listen, he created us to rule and reign, but he, for, he created us to rule and reign in mercy. Oh, man. Listen, this is why the anger of God is not bad. It's good. Without it, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. It says that he poured his, all his wrath upon his son. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the wrath of God. That it was poured out on Jesus. If it wasn't, listen, if God didn't have wrath, he couldn't judge sin. If he couldn't judge sin, I couldn't be set free from sin. Because he had to judge sin and Jesus on the cross. He judged, he judged. The judgment of God is good. The judgment of God is pure. We have to stop saying that whenever God judges in the Old Testament, it was, oh, well, God was a bad God. God's not a bad God. God's a good God. That's why he did judge. Because he's not a liar. He don't break his word. Listen, God is not, well, look, God is good when he judges. And God is good when he redeems. God is good when he judges. And God is good when he redeems. This is the perfect wisdom of God. Jesus is the perfect wisdom of God. How can God be a just God and judge, yet still love you? Jesus. Jesus took the punishment for your sin so that you wouldn't have to. This is why we believe in healing. Because healing in the Old Testament... I mean, sickness in the Old Testament was a sign of judgment. This is why whenever the people, uh, when the disciples came by the, the blind man and said, whose sin is it that caused this man to be blind? His parents are his own. And Jesus said, forget all that. I came to fix it. Stop focusing on the law because I came to redeem you from the law. He didn't tell them they were wrong. Because guess what? It's the sin of Adam. It's the sin of me. It's the sin of my parents that caused the things in my life to come to corruption. But it's Jesus that will redeem the life of corruption. So Jesus came to say, it's not, y'all are missing it. It wasn't. God didn't make that mind blind for the glory of God. He redeemed the man for the glory of God. See, there is a beautiful wisdom in the judgment of God. Yeah, he was blind because of sin. But Jesus came to take the penalty for sin. That's why he could set him free from his blindness. See, if we understood that it was just a right of ours in Christ to be set free from sickness, if we just understood that it was as powerful as being saved, that I, I don't have a right, but I do have a right. Why do I have a right? Because it was a very high price that Jesus paid. If I say, well, I don't have a right, then I spit on the cross. I devalue what the cross actually did for me. The value of the cross. The value of the cross set you free from your sin. The value of the cross set you free from your sickness. Any, listen, anything that brings death in your life is because of sin. It's the law of gravity in the kingdom. Anything that breaks that law falls. Brings death. Hmm. We need to start applying the law of lift. We need to understand what we've got now. It's a new promise. He came to put to death the old self. This is why we can overcome sin. Amen. We can overcome sin. Yep. Now. Stop waiting to get to heaven to be perfect. Be perfect now. <laughs> oh, Zach, you can't be perfect. Mm -hmm. The scripture says he who is perfected in love. You can be perfected. Amen. You can become more perfect every day. You can walk a righteous, holy life. That's why it says in 1 John it says... He came to destroy the works of the devil. What's the first work of the devil? Sin. So why am I going to say, well, he can heal, but he can't make me walk in a blameless life? 
Well, I'm walking a blameless life because it was worth it. What he paid for me on the cross was enough to help me walk a blameless life. Mm. The only time I start messing up is when I forgot who I was. It's when I stop applying the law of lift. Then the gravity starts taking place again. I forgot I'm in an airplane. You can walk. Listen, go over to Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, we'll close out on that one. Light shines, guys. I started out with that. I don't know how I ever talked about that. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Listen, why wouldn't we want everybody to know this? Why do we have to be so quiet? I talked to a guy back in high school. I said, man, start talking about Jesus. Listen, here's the thing. If you don't start talking about Jesus, I'm going to preach the gospel to you and get you saved. If you don't talk to me about Jesus, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus and get you saved. Amen. Why? Because you're probably not saved. If Jesus isn't spewing out of you, like a shaking up soda, where is your carbonation? You don't got it. I'm going to question your salvation. I mean, I don't mean to be mean or nothing, but for real. Matthew 5.14. Carbonation. If I come up to you and you're not swinging with the gospel... I'm going to get you saved. See, my point is this, man. We've got to be able to uh, understand that, that we're called for one purpose. You didn't get saved just so you could go to heaven when you die. You got saved so you're going to make a difference. Amen. You got saved and you left here. If it was about going to heaven when you die, then when we received Jesus, you would have gone straight to heaven. <laughs> but you left here for a purpose. Amen. You left here for a purpose. You're a mediator. Did you know that? You are a priest of this world. Immediately, you become a priest of this world. He says, I've made you a holy nation, a priesthood, a holy nation. Mm. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put into a ba- put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Listen, I got this guy. I started talking to him in, in high school. I was like, hey, listen. You know, I started talking about Jesus, and he's like, well, I'm a Christian. I said, well, do you ever share the gospel? Well, no, man. My faith is private. I just, I, I don't talk to anybody about that. I'm thinking, you're going straight to hell, then. <laughs> Jesus said it. He said, if you're ashamed of me before a man, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. If you don't open your mouth and start talking about Jesus, then you don't know him. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to hell because you were, because you didn't talk about Jesus. I'm saying that you're not talking about Jesus because you don't know him. Mm-hmm. If you knew him, you'd talk about him. But the fact that you're quiet about it shows me you don't know him. Yeah. Either that or you don't know him daily. You don't have an intimate relationship with him. You see what I'm saying? You're not walking in communion with him. You hear what I'm saying? Listen, dude. Either that or you lack love. Jesus said, the scripture says in First uh, John, it says that, um, that how can we not love our brothers? How can we say we love God but don't love our brothers? That is so true. Let, me, let me show you a picture of this. The guy next to you who's not saved is going to be burning an eternal fire. How can you lovingly walk by them and not say anything? How do you call that love? It's called neglect. You know that children are taken away from their parents because they neglect them. 
It's hate. That's what hate is, is neglect. So if you walk by somebody, don't share the gospel with them, then you hate them. You see? Hmm. It's well, like, you don't know the, the, the gospel. Oh, you don't know the gospel. But that's what I'm saying. Intimacy with the Father. But you're also talking about some people like, like sow seeds, some people water or God. So there's different yeah. parts because I feel like people can take that literally just like walk around knocking on doors. I see people do that. Like, do you know you know Jesus? But, but then there's no relationship. There's no like really yeah. building. Yeah, but okay, but check this out though. Um, I don't have to have a relationship with somebody to go pull them out of a burning house. No, absolutely not. I can just go in there and knock on the door and pull them out. Then I can build a relationship afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, because I saved them from a burning house, I'll probably have a good relationship with them. So check this out. If your neighbor is house is burning down, and you've got a, a water hose and some buckets, but you don't have a fire, but you don't have access to the fire hydrant or 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 or, or a fire truck, mm -hmm. does that disqualify you from helping them? No. No, you can go get your little buckets and start pouring what water. You see what I'm saying? Got, what you, you the little. Ooh, what do we start out with? The talents. Yeah. Be faithful with the little. Mm. What do you have? Put what you have to work. But who got in trouble? The man who said, well, God's sovereign. He reaps where he doesn't sow. He's, not really He's the Calvinist guy. Oh, it's not up here anymore. The one who says, oh, well, whoever's going to get saved is going to get saved, and whoever doesn't get saved is not going to get saved. Lazy. So I'm not going to go out and do anything for the kingdom, but you are co-labor with Christ. Gotcha. Watch this. Listen. It's, what it is is fear versus love. If you're afraid to go talk to him, this is the main reason people don't share the gospel is they're afraid. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. So if I, watch this, if I love Jesus and I want him to, to I, watch this, if I love Jesus and I want his sacrifice to mean the most, right? He died for all, so why don't I need to tell all? You know what I'm saying? I'm not giving, watch this. <clears throat> it's like, it's like um, a businessman paying and investing into a business and I'm not giving back that investor all that his money was worth. I'm just going and doing a little bit here, a little bit there, instead of really getting to work with what he invested. The sacrifice that Jesus was paid is a very heavy price. I, I want to make sure that every moment of my life, I'm making the most impact with what he paid for. I want his money, I want his blood to make the most impact. You see what I'm saying? But if I just sit on it, I waste it. I squander my inheritance. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody's going to do ministry exactly the same way. Gotcha. What I'm trying to say is that you have something. Okay. Sense. Do you know that Jesus loves you? And that's all you know about the gospel? Go tell the guy next to you that Jesus loves them. Take what you have. <laughs> I'm not saying, listen, listen. What we're going to get, okay, okay. What I think what we're getting down to now is back to the talents. What if the guy with the two talents started to compare himself to the guy with the five talents? You can't compare yourself. If you have two talents and, and that's your ability and you go make two talents more, you can't compare yourself to the guy with the five talents. Y'all don't have the same ability. It's okay. Listen, as long as you were faithful with your two and made two more, you're good. And this guy had five. He made five more. He's good. You can't compare what your impact is versus somebody else's impact. You have to just be faithful with the little that you have. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that you have to be like Billy Graham and, and minister to a million people at one time. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying that you've got to have the same ministry as some. Listen, God created you with a purpose. He created you with a purpose. Everybody has their own purpose, but you have to be faithful with it. My point is, God has given you a piece of the kingdom. You need to go do something with it. Okay. And what we do as we practice, we grow. See what I'm saying? All right, cool. Uh, what I'm saying, okay, what I'm saying is, that third guy who said, well, I don't got to do nothing. 
God already reaps where he does not sow. He was thrown outside with the unbelievers. You see? Because he didn't do anything with his faith. It was the other two. Never take for... Listen, what you don't... Okay, another thing. Check this out. Never take for granted what you do have. That's true. You do have something. You need to discover what you do have. will be faithful with it. And God says, I'll give you more. You see? Don't be discouraged because, well, this person is doing a better job than I am. When you stand on Judgment Day, you will not be judged according... You will not be judged uh, you versus somebody else. It will be you only on the stand with what was given to you and what you did with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Well, I'm not as good as so-and-so. You're not going to get a reward based off what somebody else did. You're going to get a reward based off what you did with what you had.